To start off, I'm a 26-year-old female. The story happened to me almost 15 years ago, but it will forever haunt me. Back then, social media was just beginning. Even though my parents were against it, I had secretly made a MySpace account and became obsessed, as most teenagers are with social media nowadays. However, there was still no such thing as catfish, so children weren't aware of the dangers of social media. With that being said, I had over 1,000 friends, some of which I didn't know. Keep this part in mind as the story continues. Being the baby in the family, I never got dibs on using the computer at home, so I would walk to the local library just about every day to log onto MySpace. The library was about a four minute walk from my house, and I always felt safe, even without having a cell phone with me. On this particular day, I'd followed the same routine and walked to the library after school. That day, for some reason, my mom had given me her flip phone to call for a ride home if I didn't feel like walking once it got dark. I arrived at the library, and I sat behind the computer and began scrolling away. I noticed a familiar face, another girl who lived in the neighborhood, and she came down and sat next to me. Because we were supposed to be quiet while in the library, we chatted through the messenger on MySpace instead. We sat together for about an hour when she had sent me a chat and said, Do you see that man over there? As I looked up, I noticed a man who was in his 40s to 50s and he was peeking through the bookshelves at us. He had on a baseball cap, so I was unable to get a great look at his face, but I could clearly see his dark eyes staring straight at me. I chatted her back and I told her I had noticed and I was creeped out. As time passed though, the man would take breaks by walking to a different book aisle, but he would always end up back behind the bookshelf staring at me. I felt myself becoming more and more creeped out, but like a silly teenager, MySpace seemed more important at the time than getting out of this crazy situation. My friend who was sitting next to me chatted me one last time telling me she had to go home now. A pit in my stomach formed as I watched her log off her account and grab her bag to leave. As she then walked away, I noticed the man coming closer to me. With almost no hesitation, he sat right next to me and began using the computer. I now felt an overwhelming feeling of danger, but I tried to stare directly at my screen so he wouldn't notice how scared I was. After a few moments, I glanced at his computer screen, and what I saw made all the hairs on my neck stand up. My own private MySpace pictures. Yes, private. I knew that in order to view those pictures, you had to be my friend on MySpace. However, I didn't even know this man. My mind began to race, as I couldn't figure out how this was possibly happening. I had enough. I took out my mom's cell phone and began dialing. As I then said, Mom, I really need a ride right now. The man became aware that I had saw a screen and he then shut off his computer, put his head in his hands as if he was embarrassed and he was hiding his face. I got up and hid in another corner of the library until my mother arrived. When she came up the stairs, I was hysterical and I tried my best to explain the situation to her. 
She walked over and took a good look at the man, almost to let him know that he had not gotten away with this one. When I later got home, we informed my dad, and he went back to the library to watch the man, as we were really concerned that he was stalking me. My dad discreetly followed him home so we had his address if anything else happened. To this day, I'm convinced that he was indeed a catfish who I had naively accepted and that he must have been following me and knew my routine. I'm beyond thankful that I had my mom's cell phone and that I was smart enough not to walk home alone. If I had, I really don't think I'd be here today. Do not accept people you don't know as followers. The extra follower really isn't worth it. I was 15 years old at the time. I had two friends named Chris and Nicole. On one cold February night, a Saturday, we were really bored out of our minds at Chris's house, so we wanted to do something fun. Chris had told us that he had black and red spray paint in his closet. Now, I live in a relatively busy suburban city, and his house was in the not-so-nice part of town. So, there's this big hill that his house sits upon, and down the hill are train tracks. The train tracks are where the kids go to smoke, drink, and graffiti things. I had sandals on, and there was no way I was going to walk through the dirt and wet grass to get down there in open-toed shoes. So Chris gave me a pair of Converse that were two sizes too big, but of course I wasn't complaining. It's better than nothing, right? So we stepped out of the window trying to make as little noise as possible because Chris's mom was asleep and the front door was also really loud. It was around 10 p.m. at this point. We hopped down from the balcony onto his backyard patio. The jump down honestly wasn't too bad. Out of all the friends I hang out with, I get really bad anxiety. I wasn't usually into this type of stuff, but I could tell Chris and Nicole really wanted to go use the spray paint on the cement wall that were next to the train tracks. So I guess I just went along with it because I didn't want to be a burden on their fun. Looking back though, I really wish I would have just stayed home. So we get off this patio and we start the walk down the muddy hill to the rocks and train tracks. In the dark, it was insanely intimidating. We had no source of light at all. Their phones were dead and mine was just about to die. I was saving the battery for some pictures of the graffiti that we had sprayed to show our other friend Sam who had different plans that night. It was also a new moon, so there was no light coming from the sky. We finally got down to the tracks and rocks. Even though it was only about a 5 minute max walk, it felt like forever. Walking on the rocks at night in shoes that were way too big for me was really difficult. We also had this English teacher that we all hated. His name was Mr. Koontz. The other kids in our class always called him Mr. Kuntz, because that's how his name was actually spelled. So we had sprayed his name in red and a bunch of sixes in a row. Looking back, this part still legitimately gives me nightmares, I swear. Once we were about to turn and walk across the rocks and up the hill to Chris's house, all of a sudden, a super bright light shined in our faces. I can't even explain the fear and confusion that I actually felt in that moment. I was way too afraid to turn and look at my friends to see the looks on their faces. I was standing in between the two of them. Shit, I thought. Was it a cop? 
No, that's stupid. I mean, if it was a cop, he would have made his presence known. I was trying to calm myself down. Since the flashlight was so bright and the sky was so dark, we couldn't see anything behind it, let alone who was even shining it. To my horror, the flashlight that was aimed at us turned around quickly with force, then revealing the face of a grown man. He was probably around 30 years old, 6 feet tall, and he was wearing a hood over his head. My heart was pounding so hard it felt like it was going to explode right out of my chest. Here we are, three innocent freshmen face to face with a grown man who clearly had bad intentions with us. I hadn't glanced at my friends yet to see their reactions, but I'm quite sure they were just as afraid as I was. I had no clue where this was about to go or what was about to happen. We were all small 15-year-old kids, so obviously this man could do whatever he wanted to us. The only weapon we had on us was one of the spray paint bottles that Chris was holding at the time. I was just praying he was on the same page as me. Spray paint the man's face if he lunges at us. The man finally broke the silence, then sang in a low raspy voice. Hey, are you kids doing drugs down here? I was frozen still. So I finally looked at my right and then locked eyes with Nicole. I looked back at the man and I nervously shook my head no. He chuckled a bit, then saying, Oh, well, do you kids want some drugs? Yeah, hell no. This man was definitely dangerous. I had no idea when it was time to make a run for Chris's house, but this man was standing right in front of us meaning that he was blocking the way that we would need to walk back to get to the house. Not a single one of us answered the man. I haven't been so scared in my whole life. So many different questions were going through my head. Does he have a weapon? A knife? A gun? All of us were so helpless. There also weren't many houses around, so who the hell knows if our screams could even be heard if we were to do so. The man started to slowly inch his way toward us, stopping when he was about a car's length away from us. I had no fucking idea how this situation was going to end, but I was pretty damn sure I was about to die. There was absolutely nothing stopping this man from kidnapping and murdering us. He took one more stab towards us, slowly moving his hand to his back pocket. I didn't give a fuck anymore, and that was enough for me to break down screaming. Run! Let's get the fuck out of here! Chris ran left around the man, and Nicole and I ran around on his right side. I was stumbling all over the place running on the small rocks spread all over the ground surrounding the tracks. I thought that the sound of all of our shoes hitting the rocks would conceal the sound of the man following us, so I had no idea if we were being chased or not. We were all in pretty good shape, so we ran fast. To my horror, I shot a single glance from behind me only to see the man charging for us as we ran, with this flashlight shining in my damn eyes, only becoming closer. I didn't care how much noise I made. The three of us did our best to stay running next to each other, just to make sure one of us didn't get left behind. We had to think fast. Once we got far enough down the train tracks to see the hill leading up to Chris's house, I could just sense the man gaining on us. I was fearing for the worst that at any second... He could just grab one of us and we'd be done for. We came to the bottom of the hill leading up to his house and sprinted up on it, not looking back. 
Normally, I would be falling all over the place with how muddy it was, but my adrenaline wouldn't let me fall. We realized that we had forgot to leave the front door unlocked for us to come back inside. So we had to knock on the door until his mom opened up. She was absolutely shocked to see us so out of breath. But earlier she had insisted we weren't supposed to leave the house. So she wasn't too happy. At that point though, we just didn't give a fuck about anything. She asked what the hell we were up to, why we were outside at night, why we were so out of breath, and why the hell were we holding spray paint cans. We didn't know what to say. We couldn't play it off as going to the store to grab snacks, since there's no snack shop around his house. So yeah, we came clean. We told her how we were graffitiing because we were bored. She just told us that we were dumb and to not do it again. She also confiscated all the spray paint cans and told us to go to bed. We were exhausted. The next morning when we woke up, we all just discussed everything that happened. Every time I think of this night, I always cringe so hard. My life and their lives could have easily ended that night. This night took me weeks to get over, and it's been two years ever since. Now it's just an interesting story to tell my friends. My mother was stationed at Kadena Air Force Base around the late 2010s, and being a military child at the age of 12, my life had reset once again. I didn't have friends again, and I had to learn an entire new neighborhood. I didn't really have anything that made me ecstatic. That is, except for the Pokemon League held on base. It was ran by a few people who had earned their judge cards from Nintendo, and they held tournaments and just open game nights. It was really fun picking up the card game, playing in the video game. They even had a small gym and Elite Four system. I made a lot of friends, and one of them who was the judges, who I am thankful to still to this day. Because if it wasn't for him, I might not be here right now. The judge in question will refer to as Professor Getsu for the sake of anonymity, and he was a really nice guy. He was the youngest of the three, and he wore a white professor's getup. He looked maybe on the edge of his teens, early 20s, with dark hair and glasses, and he had a skinny frame. He was extremely helpful to newcomers, sort of like the big brother we could all look up to and also strived to beat in our children's cars and video games, even though his game name of Getsu was a bit nerdy, even for me. He was always one of the last people to leave, helping to clean up, and he supposedly lived nearby. The last thing is important for what's about to happen. It was a bit of a colder night when the event ended. I was sitting outside in the parking lot scrolling through memes that my friend had texted me, all while I was waiting for my parents to arrive to pick me up. I was just kind of zoning out as the time had clicked by when I heard someone nearby. Hey, girly, you play Pokemon? I looked up at some really big dude, kind of chubby looking. I saw him every now and then in the events, and he didn't really stand out that much. I gave a small nod, then saying, Yeah, I do as he then gives this wide smile, like creepy wide. It starts walking forward, and I'm then hit with this nasty stench, like really bad body odor. I blinked as I bit, as I then see he's walking from a black sedan, and its back door is wide open. 
I got this really cool card collection. Come here. Let me show you. Now, my parents have always taught me about stranger danger, but my kid brain thought, hey, he went to the events and I saw him there, so this should be fine. At least, so I thought. That is, until he grabbed me by my wrist and started to actually drag me to the sedan. To say that I immediately started screaming is an understatement. Stinky didn't care, though. He was still dragging me, saying, Shut up! You're gonna have fun! And throwing out things about trading cards, like someone listening would think that he was dealing with a whiny kid. I honestly thought that I was going to be taken, and that I would never see my mom and dad ever again. That I would end up on the back of a milk carton, and never be seen again. Silly, I know. But I was rather sheltered about dying in death at that time. Thankfully for me, however, Professor Getsu had walked out at that very moment, presumably on his way to walk home. All I know is I then heard the sound of fabric hitting the dude's face as Professor had swung his professor coat right into the dude's face. I feel his hand go to where the dude's grabbing my arm, and I then see his hand grab Stinky's pinky finger and then yank back and hard. Stinky let go and yelled like an animal as the professor pushed me back behind him as he then yanked the coat off the guy. He then kicked at the back of the dude's knees as he caused him to buckle as the professor grabbed his wrist and pulled back on them. Stinky groaned in even more pain than before as the professor looked at him with just a cold look in his eyes. The big brother figure was gone and something else was in its place and I think I was a bit scared of it. The professor's tone of voice when he spoke didn't help either. It was like icy daggers lingered with his words against Stinky. If I see you back here or doing this shit to my charges, this will pale in comparison to what the Japanese prisons will do to you. Stinky would scramble away and then get into his car, pilling away out of the parking lot. The professor still glaring at him until he was out of sight. He would then guide me inside the venue, buy me some fish and chips, and sit down with me until my parents arrived. The cold persona he had when he kicked that dude was gone. He was right back to being the big brother that I knew. To be frank, that really frightened me. I didn't quite understand why the teenager was so aggro. I only later learned that Professor Getsu was also a black belt, who had apparently taught kids how to defend themselves with his mother at the local activity center. I suspected that he had something of a protective persona or something in his own life that had led him to act in such a way. He explained the situation to my folks when they arrived. I wasn't allowed to go to the events and league as much as I was used to, but I still did from time to time. Professor Gatsu was still his normal self at the events and always helping people, but he would stop coming to the events a year afterwards, his license having expired and his father moving out of the country soon. Reaching about the same age as he was, and with a little sibling on my own, I really sympathized with how for a brief moment, he became something terrifying just to make sure I was safe. Oh, and as for Stinky? He never showed up to the events again. He was either banned, or he was just really scared of Professor Getsu. I really wish the professor a good life, and I hope he's doing well to this day. As for Stinky... I really hope we never see each other again.
Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always...